I'm coming to you today from deep inside a secret COVID quarantine bunker somewhere in the southern United States. I'm sequestered away, breathing COVID into this soon-to-be disinfected microphone. Just about everyone in my family has COVID right now. My wife and son are on the upswing, thank God. I'm doing much better. My parents are fairly rough. My brother Nathan, host of Noteworthy, is doing some better. But that's just the people closest to me. Our church and extended families are battling the virus at this very moment, too. On top of that, my family has been afflicted this week with conditions totally unrelated to COVID, sicknesses that have been very scary and unusual. There just seems to be a physical onslaught happening right now. I don't like to spiritualize every sickness, but sometimes you can feel the spiritual side of physical attacks and prayer. And I've been feeling the enemy is trying to wear down godly people and depress them so thoroughly they'll lose their will to fight. When surviving is hard, It feels like winning will never be an option again. For most people, we've been hunkering down in survival mode for over a year. That's a very long time in this fast-moving technological age of speed and change for people to be bogged down. But I want to break the stigma of survival and remind us that revival is vitally linked to survival. We all feel that pressure to be thriving, but sometimes surviving is the key to future victory. 60-second break, and we'll talk about surviving your way into revival. If you're looking at the recent past feeling like a loser because you just barely survived, take a moment to remember there's no such thing as revival without survival. In the end, suffering through seasons of survival are the most remarkable victories you'll ever achieve. I know survival doesn't feel glamorous. Sometimes seasons of survival feel more like you're sitting on death row waiting for your last meal. If you're anything like me, seasons of survival force you to swallow that nasty pride and accept that others will criticize your inability to thrive. And to make it worse, social media often causes survivors to feel like the last people on earth who aren't proudly standing on top of the world. You can find all of this information in this article at ryanafrench.com. The article is entitled Surviving Your Way Into Revival. Asaph lamented that his feet almost slipped when he saw the wicked's prosperity. That's Psalm 73, 2-3. He almost gave up. He almost fell backward. He almost quit. But he went into the house of the Lord and remembered that temporary prosperity is a poor substitute for merely staying near God. That's Psalm 73, 17 through 28. Staying near God is the key to survival in the worst of times. When your gut punched and your whole world feels shaken, stay close to God. Stay in prayer. Stay in church. Stay submitted. Stay in the word. Stay faithful. Regardless of what life coaches, self-help gurus, and prosperity prophets teach, it's okay to be in survival mode. The Bible is full of ordinary heroes who endured horrific hardships, but they survived their way into revival. The woman with the issue of blood had to crawl her way to revival. After spending everything that she had, 
Noah spent over a year on a stinky ark, surviving a worldwide flood with just his family. Jonah survived a mess of his own making. David spent eight long years surviving the murderous hatred of King Saul. Paul was shipwrecked, stoned literally to death, beaten, imprisoned, and survived vicious attack after vicious attack. The list is almost endless, but they all had one thing in common. They endured without quitting or giving up. Once you quit, the possibility for revival goes to zero. That's what the Bible means when it says in Ephesians 6, 13 through 14, and having done all to stand, stand. Sometimes just standing takes more courage than moving forward. Refusing to give up in the face of crushing defeat takes more courage than winning with ease. Paul couldn't have known that revival was about to break out on the island of Malta while he was hanging on to broken shards of a ship. He just held on until the storm was over and faithed his way into unexpected revival. There's a cycle of life that runs throughout all the stories of the Bible. The same process plays out in our lives today. It goes like this, surviving, reviving, thriving, and repeating that cycle. We're always in one stage of that cycle surviving, reviving, thriving, and repeating. There's never a guarantee of how long each stage of that cycle will last. Every mountain climber survives a valley. Everyone is either ascending or descending a mountain of victory. This realization is mildly depressing news for people thriving on mountaintops, but it's terrific news for people surviving valleys. Thankfully, every valley prepares us for the next valley and every mountain gives us confidence that we can get to another mountaintop. So here's a little key to mentally surviving the valleys. It seems overly simplistic and trite. It might even sound like a silly platitude if you feel trapped in a dark, unforgiving survival stage. But if you could somehow grab this concept and keep it close, it will pull you through terribly difficult times. And if you stay faithful to God, you'll look back and find that what I'm about to tell you is profoundly true. Are you ready for it? Here it is. Every valley is an opportunity for another victory. Let me say it this way. Every season of survival is another chance for fresh revival. You will be revived and you will thrive. And then the process will be repeated until we reach our pinnacle destination, heaven. In heaven, we'll thrive forevermore in the eternal presence of the Lord, where God will shine as the light of the sun and will bask in his holiness and righteousness. Don't ever allow anyone or anything to make you feel like a loser because you're simply surviving. Survival is just the beginning of a revival. When you're surviving, you're in the perfect position for God to work miracles on your behalf. Solomon wisely said, Whatsoever your hand findeth to do, do it with all thy might. Keep doing everything within your power and strength to do. And when you've reached your limit, God will step in and pick up your slack. You'll be hard-pressed to find any instance in the Bible where God did something for someone that they could not have done for themselves. You'll be even harder-pressed to find an example where God did something for someone without requiring them to do something first. So when you're weak, barely surviving, at the end of your rope, and you've done everything you can possibly do, and you're standing at a Red Sea with no solutions, take heart. Miraculous revival is just around the corner.
Unless you're living under a rock, you're aware that free speech is under assault right now. Big tech is increasingly censoring religious programming and making it hard for Christians' voices to have a digital platform. I predict this problem is going to worsen as time goes on. That's why I'm asking you to consider supporting this podcast on a monthly basis. You can financially support us by giving as little as 99 cents a month, or you can give $4.99 or $9.99 a month. Just go to www.anchor.fm forward slash apostolic voice forward slash support. That link is in the show notes on the device you're using to listen right now, and you should be able to just click the link and it will take you where you need to go. Thank you to everyone who's already done so. Also, please consider giving Apostolic Voice a five-star rating and review on iTunes. They're the big ones, and they are screening religious programming, sometimes even hiding reviews and rankings. However, if we flood them with reviews, it's more difficult for them to deny our request to post them. Also, keep sharing on social media, and let's be unashamed of our faith, even in the big tech realm. Thank you for listening and lifting us up in prayer. God bless. Well, I'd like to thank my brother Nathan French, host of the podcast Noteworthy and youth pastor at Apostolic Tabernacle, music minister at Apostolic Tabernacle, as well as uh, the lesser member of the duo Nathan plus Rachel. <laughs> yes. And um, I'm very excited that he's joining me today and going to talk and introduce his newest song, single, Won't Let Me Go, which is incredible. And uh, I'm going to let him tell you all about it. He's given me permission to play it. Hopefully the the uh, internet police won't take it down against his wishes, right. but we do want you to be able to hear that song. And it's especially in a season like this, what an incredible song to be released after a year like we've just had and and right. um, and a year that we seem to be going into. So Nathan, I know you and I have both been battling COVID almost at the exact same time. I think you're going later today to get tested to see if you're still positive or negative. How are you? How are you feeling yes. right now? What's COVID been like for you so far? Yes, sir. Well, man, first of all, just thank you so much for having me on the Apostolic Voice podcast, man. And it's a it's an honor and a privilege to get to talk to you. Um, and you're doing an awesome job with this with this podcast. So thank you for this resource. Now, as you can tell, my voice is pretty weak because, yes, I have had COVID uh, as well as as yourself. I'm doing well uh, considerably. You know, there's been a lot worse cases than I've had for sure. But the <clears throat> vocal, fatigue, I mean, you and I were talking about this just the other day on the phone that when you serve in ministry and such a big part of what you do is with your voice, whether it's teaching, preaching, or singing. Right. And, you know, for me, it's music ministry as well, which is a big part of what we do. So the vocal fatigue has definitely been the, the hardest thing and just feeling like you can't, you can't hardly get out of bed. It makes you feel like a lazy bum, you know, but um, I'm doing well, recovering, hopefully on the, the back end of this, hopefully it's almost over in Jesus name. And people are super encouraging, you know, they say all kinds of things like, you know, it's only <laughs> it's going to take you 17 trillion months to you know, feel like a human being again. Are right. you starting you to feel like a human feel yet? The same. Yeah, I've I've had I've had, <laughs> I've had many people tell me you 
will most likely never be the same. You know, it's it's definitely not the most encouraging words, but evidently there is some longevity and and long term effects to to COVID from what I hear, especially on the singing side. But I'm praying that I will be the statistic that just knocks it out really quick. Right. Amen. And then incredibly, your wife, who's been quarantined with you the whole time, she's not she's not had COVID or any symptoms at all, has she? Yeah. I mean, she's just some kind of superhero. We're, we're trying to figure that out. Um, she's definitely been exposed to COVID many times. She has not had it. And then, of course, we've been quarantined together and she still did not get COVID throughout all of this. So wow. I'm thankful for that because I can only imagine how much harder it would be if, you know, if if we were both deathly sick, you know, that that would be pretty awful. So how have the kids held up during during all this quarantining? Has it been hard on them being cooped up in the house? You know, it's funny because for those that are listening that don't know, my wife and I have a three-year-old and a, and a one-year-old, Judah and Ezra, and so perfect quarantine ages. Yeah, it's it's the it's the perfect storm of a of a quarantine at our house, <laughs> and so like imagine the apocalyptic fire falling from the heavens. That's kind of what my house looks like right now, just with the kids and everything. But, um, you know, in some ways it's funny, bro, because they, they love it. They love being stuck at home with mommy and daddy. So that's, uh, they love it. I think it's more of us as parents. We go a little stir crazy, but as far as I'm concerned with Judah and Ezra, they could stay home all the time. They could care less that as long as they can get out and get just a little fresh air, they are good, man. So they, they've been blessed, and uh, they're doing well. Good, good. Well, for my kids, I think the hardest part for them was just not being able to leave the house. You know, they want to be able to get out and do something, anything. So I'll remind them of that in a few months when they don't want to leave the house. Right. <laughs> which, is, yeah. which is how that works. Yeah, remind them, yeah. Well, I'm glad that you're doing better. You know, it seems like in our personal sphere right now, we've our dad is really struggling with COVID right now and was in the hospital last night and there's a lot. We're we're certainly not making light of it because we know uh that it, it can be very dangerous for many people. And uh we're praying Absolutely. for everybody out there affected by by COVID and everyone who's listening. I, I know there's not a single person listening who hasn't been affected by COVID in some way or another. Yeah. And uh, so we're praying Absolutely. for everyone. So right in the middle of of 2020, I, I don't know the exact timeline. You wrote a new song um, called Won't Let Me Go. And if if I understand right, you, you wrote the song really as as a a response of faith to the emotions and we were talking the other day you and I how covid not just the sickness itself but the quarantining and the how it's affected the world it's it's kind of a mind game right, um, it, right. It, it's like it gets in your head and uh, you're constantly fighting this battle in your mind to stay encouraged to stay full of faith and all of those kinds of things. And and the Lord gave you this song. Can you describe that process a little bit? And for songwriters out there or aspiring songwriters, maybe you could give a little glimpse into how the songwriting process works for you. Absolutely, man. Yeah. Well, thank you for, for the question. And um, that song is definitely 
been special for me and and Rachel, and it's been exciting to see it released and and see God use it. But yeah, the song was written in 2020. So, <laughs> you know, I, I wrote, um, I probably wrote about five songs in 2020. But this song was really unique and it was special because uh, Rachel and I were actually just talking about this the other day, that the line, I will not be afraid of the dark, you know, that's the line that kind of sticks out with to everybody. And then if he can see the sparrow fall, then he can hear me when I call. And so when people uh, reach out to us about this, those are kind of the two lines that resonate with people. And what I love about that is when you say, I will not be afraid of the dark, that's a universal statement because all of our fears are different. For example, somebody might be claustrophobic. Another person might not be. Not everybody has the same fears. Some people are afraid of the dark. Some people are not. Some people love the dark. (laughs) You know, for me, um, I like to sleep in the in like the dark, like pitch black. My yeah, wife likes absolutely. like a nightlight on. So uh, people have different fears and things that they deal with. But when you say I will not be afraid of the dark, it's this universal statement that you can kind of fill in the blank here. What is it that you're facing? What is it that you're dealing with? And you can sing this anthem to it. And so that's what I love about this song is it it might be coronavirus, right? That might be the darkness you're dealing with. Maybe maybe your church isn't able to have in-person service. Uh, Maybe you're worried about your kids or your loved ones. And so this song is special because I feel like it leaves nobody out. It can apply to everybody because we all have our own fears. And so this song was written just when the world was Man, just you name it in 2020, it happened. So I won't go into any details. But it was one of those weeks where the news and the media was just blasting negativity into our AirPods, you know. And so uh, when I was writing this, I went up into our youth room at the church that we serve at, Apostolic Tabernacle, and I started writing this song, and it just kind of began to flow. And there's a part to this story that I don't always tell, but I had written the, I will not be afraid of the dark. And I had this chorus and I kept singing it over and over again. And I called my friend and fellow recording artist, Frankie Taylor, and we like to kind of write via FaceTime together uh, to kind of help each other out. And I called him, I said, Frankie, I've got this chorus, uh, but I, I don't feel like a verse two. I, I'm trying to write a verse two. And so in my head, I pictured there would be like a second course, that something different that wasn't just the same line. And Frankie looked at me uh, and he said, Nathan, that's because it's not supposed to have another verse. Mm. It's not supposed to have another course. It's done. Wow. Stop worrying about it. It's done. And so that was kind of revelatory for me because I felt like, the Lord kind of used him to say, this song is saying what it's supposed to say. Don't add to it. Just let it be what it is. Just declare that anthem over and over again. And of course, it has a very wordy bridge that makes up for that. But when it comes to the chorus, it's just, 
I will not be afraid of the dark. The light of your love shines wherever you are. And it declares that over and over again. And so it was a it was a special song, and I'm, I'm thankful that it's reaching people. But for those that are listening, whatever darkness you might be facing, uh, you, you can apply this to, to your heart, to your mind, to your life. And in Jesus' name, you know, overcome that, overcome fear, because it certainly has been uh, a fearful year for people. And now in 2021, uh, it almost seems to be following us into this year. Mm. And so I'm, I'm thankful that this was the first song we were able to release this year. And I'm praying that it continues to bless people on, on the practical side, uh, just to actually answer your question when it comes to writing, you know, for the aspiring songwriter, I would just encourage you to, uh, keep writing, and spitfire these lyrics, <laughs> even though you feel completely foolish, because songwriting is singing a song you've never heard before. It's taking something that feels foolish and unfamiliar in in a hope that, you know, this creator steps out on a limb and feels foolish for everybody else so that one day this song can sound familiar and certain to somebody. So I would just encourage you, there is no uh, there is no bad lyrics or melodies when you're writing. Just throw them all out there, get them out there, and then you'll definitely write some bad songs. Man, I've written way more bad songs than I have good songs, but if you'll keep writing, God will help you to... Uh, learn that craft. And I have learned that if you'll let God use you in that way, even though if you're like me, you feel extremely inadequate to do so. If you'll let God use you in that way, he will bless people's lives with it. Yeah. And songwriting is such a vulnerable process because you're sharing your heart with people. A lot of times you're, you're very deep, very deep emotions that God's given you and you're sharing it poetically and in song, uh, which is what makes it so powerful. The, Absolutely. The combination of, of especially a godly songwriter, a spiritual songwriter, you're, you're combining so many powerful elements into one thing, into a song that, that sticks with people. And um, you outdid yourself in this one. I love all of your music, but I especially love this one. Thank uh, you, bro. Will, will you tell people how they can how they can watch the video? First of all, there's a tremendous music video, uh, and then how they can purchase it, download it if they want to. Hopefully, not pirate it. We rebuke them yeah. in Jesus' name. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, if you want to watch the music video, you can simply watch it on YouTube. Uh, you can go to our YouTube channel, which is Nathan and Rachel Music. You can go to our Instagram, our Facebook, which is also Nathan and Rachel Music. So if you go um, search Nathan and Rachel Music, you can pull up all of our music. And then if you want to just listen to it, we're available everywhere digital music is sold. So Apple Music, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play is no longer a thing. So I've learned this year (laughs) they were bought out by uh, YouTube Music. so, But uh, all those digital platforms, you can go stream it or buy it. 
and uh, it's pretty easy to access. Just go type in Nathan and Rachel. Won't let me go, and it should pull up for you. Absolutely, and I encourage everybody to go do that right now. So without further ado, I'm going to play the song, Won't Let Me Go. Nathan, love you, appreciate you, man. Thank you for joining me on Apostolic Voice.
够。You won't let me go。